Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to amplify the voices of those women whose stories are moving, meaningful, and compelling. Sometimes they're even funny. Today's guest is someone I feel like I've known for many, many lifetimes. She is um, hails from the same place that I do. We connected later in life, but boy, do we feel like we've known each other for years. Welcome to the show, Joy Monahan. Hello, Susan. Thank you. I so can't much believe for this. Me. I know. <laughs> I feel like I've known you forever. I've known you forever, and I love how we, you know, called to connect on on work, and we just ended up talking about everything else. And I felt bad for your business partner. I was like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> No, she's just talking about everything but work. <laughs> That's okay. You know, relationships mean everything, especially when you're an ENFJ like I am. So, do you know your Myers Briggs, Joy? I I uh, no, I don't think I've ever done one. But um, oh, I'm we're gonna have fun. To... Okay. We're going to do that. We're going to have fun with that. Well, why don't you do this? Since I know a lot about you and I adore you. I mean, you and my husband went to the same high school. You know, all of my high school friends. We lived in the same city. You went to Georgetown, which is, you know, one of my son's top three picks. Um, Really great school. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Okay. Well, let's see. Um, I'm actually, I was born in Taiwan. Um, and, um, my father had come to school, um, to get his master's and ended up staying, getting his PhD. So, um, they decided, oh, I guess we should, you know, stay in the U S. So I was living in Taiwan being raised by my grandparents. And so I moved to the United States when I was three and a half and my dad got his, he had graduated his PhD from Tennessee tech. He was the first, um, PhD doctor, uh, doctor, um, conferred at Tennessee Tech then and then he got a job in Baton Rouge Louisiana and that's how where I ended up <laughs> so, so where did Baton he work so he worked at um an engineering company called Bernard and Burke I and I, it was I've heard of them yeah it, it was off an airline right south of um it's on airline south of um, um interstate 12 so that used to right be a there. booming area, Air, airline and I-12. That was a booming. Yeah, area. it was like behind behind the Ramada Inn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember any of these things until just now at this moment, right? That's um, so funny. And, then, <laughs> and so, but, but but the reason, like, we lived in the little apartment there's Bernard and Burke was right there on airline, and so my dad would just walk to work, and then you know we got our first little house, our house the one I grew up in it's in um Parkview Oaks and at the time it was like farmland right there were like even horses down the street and then next thing you know um they built a Catholic church and it became a booming neighborhood and Corsi and Sherwood was you know it um they had the Schwegmans and oh these yeah are all things nobody cares <laughs> but I know but putting it in context so you know I grew up in very suburban uh, you know Baton Rouge Louisiana um, I was one of very, very few Asian <laughs> people um, in our neighborhood. And um, I did went to, you like, notice Park that? Elementary. I mean, did that, like, how did No, that... I didn't, though. Yeah. 
I didn't though. That's what's funny. Like when we talk about all this, right? And and you know, now that I do diversity and inclusion, I always just felt like I belonged, and everyone just knew me as me, right? My mom said when I first came to the U.S., like I can speak English. I um I was I would speak Taiwanese, and it, and she was like, people were just fascinated by you. They just I don't know why you, I don't know why you don't understand. Um, but, so wait, um, one but minute, Joy, let me tell you sure. something funny. Um, my partner is Asian. She's an Asian woman and she was raised, uh -huh. uh, she was adopted and raised by, by white parents. And she, she too uh -huh. said, I never felt different. I never, I, I thought I was no. white, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's an interesting perspective. And I think women of color all have different perspectives, but the black women have a very different perspective than just, you know, other women of color. Um, because Correct. race was such a big issue for them. Whereas if I ask a white male, when were you first aware of your race? They're like, what, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? Yeah. So this is so right. interesting. Um, and right? like, I don't even and think of you that way. Um, I just, fact, nobody does. And, and yeah. this is later in life. Right. So my, my maiden name is Lou, but, um, when I got married, I took his name because it's, nobody could ever spell Lou. <laughs> but for the longest time, like when I was working, um, like, you know, people would call or I, you know, talk to people on the phone. Right. And I remember on more than one occasion, like, you know, people would be like, oh, we thought you were a blonde. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's I hilarious. How many times? Like, and then I remember a friend of mine had come over to our house and I'm greeting them. You know, we're having a party and it was one of my husband's friends. And he goes, uh, and I was like, Mike, your, your husband, your friend Dustin was really rude. He just like, walked right by me. I tried to say hello to him. And then, and so he went up to him and said, Dustin, you didn't greet my wife. He goes, that's your wife. I thought, I thought your wife was a blonde. Oh my gosh, that does not make Dustin look good. <laughs> Let me tell you. No, no, oh. it was just on the phone. No, no, it's because I've never met him. It was just always the speaking on the phone, right? Yeah. Like it's I guess it's, it's like even now in recording, like you wouldn't even know anything about me unless you looked me up, right? Other you than know, you know. Yeah, you yeah. So I want people to know you like I know you, and that's okay. You know, first of all, you have this star power okay so i don't know if you know this but oh. everybody loves you on social media you are awesome on facebook <laughs> all the food that you cook you did this like push-up okay. challenge you're um yeah you know tell well, us about all that well the push-up challenge is something um so you'll like this story too so um well you know i moved up to chicago you know um after katrina so, and I was working the crazy law firms. I was working those crazy hours and, you know, you just get to a point like you're sedentary and, and, you know, you're unhealthy, and, you know, and all those things. And I remember, um, this was what, maybe seven years ago. Um, you know, I just, I looked and I felt terrible. And my son was like, um, you know, he, he looked at my arms, he packed my arms and he goes, mom, you should be ashamed of your arms. You're really flabby. <laughs> Oh my God, no Christmas like, for you. And every, when I tell this part of it, everyone's like, did you like whack him? I'm like, I'm like it's true, right? Cause you know, I brought him into life. I'm probably the only one that could, you know, 
But um, so I thought about it and I'm like, well, well, what should I do? And he goes, well, you could do push-ups. And so I started doing push-ups, you know, like a few a day because they're not easy, right? And so, you know, I started by doing like three sets of 10 and then it became three sets of 20. I got to the point I was doing 150 push-ups. So that was my only workout for years. But I got in incredible shape because if you think about it, there's really not that many that's a, the push-up itself is it's you know it really works your entire body and the next thing you know I have like abs yeah, yeah. I had abs I have yeah. but I was just doing 150 push-ups every day and then next thing you know um I also wear a lot of sleeveless dresses <laughs> and, Girl, you, know, you like, have Michelle Obama pipes you are rocking the arm right well that's what someone said and, and so you know usually the comment was um you know, they'll ask you, tell me something interesting about you. Tell me something like, you know, not everyone knows or, and, you know, I, I start off with, well, I do 150 push-ups every day. (laughs) (laughs) Said no other human on the planet ever. (laughs) Right. So, um, and then, and then, you know, and then I remember telling my boss and she goes, well, why? I'm like, well, so I can look really good in, you know, sleepless dresses. (laughs) (laughs) But you anyway, know, so I, a lot I, of women say after a certain age, you got to, you know, get that bolero or those jackets, but not you. I love that. I mean, that's so even when I was thinner, that was a goal for me was to have arms like yours. And wow, even oh, when I was thin, well, right? It's hard. So funny. But that's really all I do. And it, again, that's, and I was in better shape than going to a gym that, you know, I paid for number one. So, so if anybody wants to know, just do pushups every day. Yeah, and, um, awesome. It does planking. It does, you know, like you yep. get all the core work. Right. Why don't we talk yep. a little bit about the the how amazed I am that you have such an incredible body? Because look at the food you cook. Let's talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, the the cooking very similarly. So I then again the comments I get um, is you never cook like this when you were back in Louisiana, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I never. Well, there's always so much places are better, right? Like, you know, you can go to the Chimes, you can go, I mean, any restaurant, any place you go in Louisiana, they're going to make a better gumbo. They're going to make a better, you know, you know, I'll get my red beans and rice on Monday, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. You're never going to make it because it's just easier to go get it, right? You're talking about and all I, the charms of Louisiana, the the food exactly. and football and well, let me ask right. you this about the cooking. Um, okay. I think that it's part, it's in us, like it's part of. Now, I'm not a great cook, but I can do a mean gumbo. And when I do cook, um, I guess I should say I'm not a frequent cook. I am a great cook when I do cook. Um, but your your Instagram and your Facebook, you are you look like you're popping out these amazing dinner parties every night and you're cooking big well, amazing <laughs> meals well and so but it kind of just started like that right like because i was working so much i didn't really cook much and then um when i finally left the law firm life again i i, I only cook certain things like the gumbo i cook the jambalaya because that's what everybody wanted so i got to learn how to make that right because i couldn't get it anywhere so I started making all that. And then when people come over, you know, we, you know, we, you know, smoke, you know, tenderloins and, oh, yeah. and I just, you know, we just started cooking and, you know, people just love coming over. We like feeding people. And it just, to me, like, I, it was just, let's try this. I've never done this. Well, 
okay, let's try this, right? And 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 so all and especially the the photos during COVID was because I had, we couldn't go anywhere. So I actually tried all of these things I never would make before, right? So like the homemade pasta, yeah. Wow. Um, all sorts of stuff like that, right? I mean, that's I amazing. So, so yeah, so I just started learning how to make it. And then when my son came home from school because of COVID, you know, he, he's the one that eats the carbs. I don't eat the carbs. A lot of my food is no carb or if there is carb, I don't eat it. And that's the other way I can stay in shape. And the reason I don't carb is because um, I have a family history of diabetes and I was getting close to being pre-diabetic. And so the other reason that, you know, I do a lot of um, the push-ups or, you know, or ride my bike or things like that. It's just so I can eat carbs. Because <laughs> <laughs> That's me for drinking wine. Although I have not done the bike or the push-ups of, and I have no excuse well, okay. other than work. I sit in this chair all well, day. Red wine. Well, red wine. You can drink all the red wine you want. Don't you remember yeah. the sugar buster that's diet? My so, that, so that's why I drink so much red wine. <laughs> Well, let me ask you so, this. So I know you're from Baton Rouge. I love that about you. I know that we speak Louisiana food, fun and football. I know that, mm -hmm. you know, you went off to Georgetown. So that's where I you went did. to college. Talk a little bit about your education and then how, um, I know you were at a firm in Chicago, but then you left the practice of law, which I totally get that. Um, the bill of the okay, well, you know, is like, all right, so we'll go back to um, what we were talking about earlier. So I went to, you know, Parkview, then I went to Glasgow, the magnet school. Yeah, and I lived I, there. And I ended up, and then I ended up at Baton Rouge. It was just a natural progression. Um, yeah. So, um, and then when we were looking at colleges, um, you know, most Asian families, <laughs> that was like the first time I'd seen more than two um, Asian yeah. people in my class, right? Um, and, and, you know, going to what you asked me earlier, um, I, you know, I, my friends were actually, there, you know, everyone, right. A mix of everyone. Right. And, um, and I that remember like, great for that. Great for, for diversity. Right. But I remember there was, I remember people making comments such as, um, you know, there was, I think, um, maybe a few Vietnamese, um, students that, it, that, were there, but they kind of had their own little cliques. And, you know, people, again, we've talked about this. I mean, they're race, people were racist everywhere. And in the South, it's, they, 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 they don't know their nomenclature. <laughs> they've never, they've not adapted it, right? They just say stuff, but they don't always mean it, but you kind of know when they do and something like that. I and, try to and so they, I remember Indiana. saying something. I yeah. So hang on. No, one I, second. I want to something about those girls and the comment was, oh, you're not one of them. <laughs> yeah. So, so that I always tried, kind of stuck with me, right? Like, oh, well, then say, what am boy, I? Let me just say something. I try to teach my Louisiana friends and everyone, not just Louisiana friends, because everyone has unconscious bias. I try to teach mm -hmm. them to remember that the receiver makes meaning of the message. So even if you didn't mean to hurt someone, I mean, accidental homicide is a problem, right? So, you know, yeah. remember the receiver makes meaning of the message. So um, you can't just get a, a, an excuse, like a, a, a permission slip because it's unconscious bias. You have to become Correct. consciously inclusive. 
So, well, let me talk about Georgetown because we knew a couple of oh, people so, there. The reason I wanted to go to Georgetown was, um, well, it was a couple of different things. So, um, one, they have a really great basketball team then. <laughs> they had just yeah. Oh, yes. And I just love them. And then I think um, your classmate, Carrie Wilder, um, had gone. And you're she was so telling sweet. me all about it. You're so sweet to think that I'm in her class. She's she's younger than I am, but I love her. I love her a lot. In fact, I think she was my little sis at Episcopal. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Renee Wilkinson okay. was too. Um, yeah, I love Carrie. So Carrie was the one who told me about Georgetown and I was like, oh, it's a school in DC. And so then I, you know, I'm like, I know they have a great basketball team and started learning about <laughs> it. And, you know, remember back then, that's when I was doing a lot of politics. Like that's when they wanted me to be like the next face of the Republican party, me and Bobby Jindal. And, you know, I wouldn't buy into that later. Well, I was like, okay. So, you know, for the longest time I worked with the Louisiana Republicans until I got up to Georgetown. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, that's not what I know about uh, um, being Republican. <laughs> you know, we just didn't have the books, right? We, did right. Our, we didn't have access to a lot back then. It, um, I mean, I would go to the public library and read like the Wall Street Journal from the week ago or the New York Times or, you know, read Time Magazine and all that because my parents couldn't afford like subscriptions like that. So, I mean, everything I learned and grew up, it was just all what we had access to you know in our schools or our public library and then um but then so my mom had gotten so i had gotten into lsu of course and um and i was you know i would have gone for full rides it would have been free um i applied to well i didn't even apply ut just accepted me because I sent them my ACT scores and they were high enough. They're like, you, you're automatically admitted. I'm like, wow, they don't do that anymore. But um, but the thing about LSU was, well, it was, it was back then. Okay. So we talk about sorority life, right? And um, LSU is a big fraternity sorority school. Well, they were gunning to push I was going to be the first person of color, <laughs> apparently back then, to join a sorority. Um, when they had like the spring lunch, the when they you know invite all the high school seniors to come. Yeah. And if you, if you recall them doing that, I was at the head table. <laughs> like I was going to be. Yeah, I was going to be the one because I guess because for so many reasons they're like oh but you're we don't see you like that you fit in you're one of them you know I meaning you're one of us and and that was again very remarkable so one of the reasons why i actually ended up going to georgetown was well they don't have sororities or fraternities yeah and you know and they and, and that was a big part of it right yeah um i didn't feel like i had to dress a certain way or act a certain way not that there's anything wrong with them it just wasn't my thing because i just don't ever quite fit in anywhere and, and, that's and for a long beautiful. time that is so beautiful about you but i still am able to engage people of everyone because i'm not exactly. you know in any i was never in like any particular group necessarily now i was on teams because i swam i was on the swim team and you know that sort of thing but i really like didn't have like and i had like you know 
one or two really, you know, Bessies, but, um, but other than that, it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't any groups or sorties. And I just, you know, so anyways, that, that's what that was about. So that's why I chose, I wanted to go to Georgetown. I want to be in DC because of the politics. Um, and I went and I just loved it. I fell in love. It's one of the two places I, I always feel like I'm at home there. And that's why I do all that other stuff now. Um, you know, I've graduated. Upon graduation, I immediately like joined their alumni association because that was my work study job. And I just saw like the benefit of just um, being tied to something. And because, you know, they welcomed me, I, I did well there. I just, I want to give other people the chance, you know, that I had. And so I just started volunteering for them. Um, so during the time when I was a junior, um, well, I actually did junior abroad in London. So the summer before I was going to move to London, six weeks before, I was I started a temp job. I was coming. It was my first day. I was coming back. I ran in um, the the door of um, the saloon. This bar was open. They take the trash out through the front. Walk by. The bartender saw me and said, "Hey, Joy, come on in." I'm like, "Okay." Um, and there was my husband. I didn't know he was going to be my husband, but it was him and another friend who has since passed. I walked in, said, "Hey to him," liked him. We had a great conversation. We went out later that night. Um, I have not been apart from him since that night, since that day ah. and that night. <laughs> We've been together. So we just stayed together. I mean, and then the next day he like met me outside work um, and we just hung out. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm moving to London in six weeks. Right? <laughs> he was like, yeah. And next thing you know, like before I went, he goes, I'm coming with you. And so he bought uh -huh. it one way bought a ticket and he went there and I was like you know um I'm here going to school like and I don't have any money so I can't support you he goes I know and so he worked in the pub and um and so, yeah and so we lived there we went to I he worked in the pub I went to school and then when we came back I was like you know you're gonna have to kind of go to school too and he goes yeah I guess so so then he went and um let's see so he went to UDC and then he ended up transferring to Georgetown. And so I ended up staying and waiting for him. And so, you know, we talked about my law stuff, but my very first career was, I wanted to work for the government. So I worked for HHS. I was like one of these civil servants. Yeah. <laughs> and so my first job was HHS. I did um, a year of that and was like, oh, I do not want to climb up this kind of social ladders, but they had this presidential management internship program where it's kind of um, like training for government leadership, but yeah. you had to have a master's degree. So I went back to Georgetown um, and, um, and I did my public policy. And then, so when I did that, that's when I worked in the Senate on judiciary. Um, I, start, I, I went to Bill Clinton's inauguration um, and the next day I started working in the Senate for Hank Brown from Colorado. And I worked on all those crazy confirmation hearings that were right after uh, Clinton yeah. got elected. And so, and of course, um, I'll have to send you the photo. Then, you know, I did, we did the one on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then the next year I was still on the committee when we did Stephen Breyer. So those are like some amazing experiences, right? That's incredible. Your story is so and, great. And I didn't want to go to law school, but it was actually Senator Brown that was like, you know, you're doing great here, you know, because 
he goes, would love for you to come and lead a caucus or, you know, I think back then he wanted to start the technology one. He's like, but you need a law degree. So go get a law degree and come back. Um, or, you know, well, I was trying to apply to Georgetown or, you know, someplace nearby so I could still work on the Hill, but I just didn't get in. And so I went back home to LSU for a couple of reasons. One, um, it only costs $3,000 a year. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> it. And I had a home to live in um, and I was still considered in state. So I just came back home and brought my husband with me. And, you know, he, his first year, he was a sub at that time because he had just graduated um, with his history degree. Um, yeah, the way that the progression was that we both, he graduated from undergrad and I had graduated from master's. We got married the next weekend in DC and then we moved to Baton Rouge the next weekend. And wow. we missed the whole we missed the whole OJ thing because that's when we were driving down and we get to Mike Anderson um, as our first meal stop looking up. Why is everybody watching TV with the Ford Bronco? So that dates me then. But then I was at LSU and then Michael was a substitute teacher at Baton Rouge High. And, um, <laughs> and then and it, he ended up going to law school. So we ended up doing law school. We moved to New Orleans. I worked for two different judges and then you know, my last judge um, was like, you should go practice because I could really find a job, right? I didn't want to be a lawyer. I just, I thought I was going to be a lobbyist. Um, I just got the degree and he's like, well, you should go try it. And so I started up at this little bankruptcy boutique and I was there for five years and then Katrina. So then when we, and then Michael got the job up here because um, we had come from my brother's wedding. He's like, I love it up here. We're moving here. And you know what? It's my turn. I followed you to London. I followed you to Baton Rouge. <laughs> I followed you to New Orleans. It's my turn to move. And so I we say, I love up. Chicago. I love Chicago. Oh, it's a little too cold for me. And and I don't and it was hard, right? So I mean I worked at the big giant law firms and and you know, just big giant law firms just in a way kind of progress to what I do now. You know, they're not very kind. They're they're not very diverse. And you don't really move up if you're not being your authentic self doesn't necessarily work, right? It's not welcome joined, at all. It is not welcome at all. When I was in Baton Rouge, I did the, the firm I worked for, 18 lawyers. It was amazing. And when they hired me, they're like, they hired me for me. They're like, you're going to be, you are our breath of fresh air. Because we've uh, never met anyone like you. We've never met anyone like you. But you are awesome. And you just love that, right? I mean, I'd still be there, you know. Well, it, it's funny, like, I, but I moved up here instead, and, you know, I joined the big law firms, and, and just, I mean, I did fine, but, you know. I get I, it. I, I wrote my, yeah, no, so I wrote my thesis on transitioning from a practice of law to a business of law, and I also have uh -huh. worked in law firms for 18 years, so I hear you. So you know, you know all Oh, of, my God, you know it's all, all about fitting in, not belonging, but fitting in. No, yes, but fitting in. So you have to, and, and you know, you talk about all these articles about you have to, you know, dress a certain way or look a certain way or, um, yeah, we could go on for hours about that. But, you know, I just never loved it, right? Well, what do you and do I now? I'm sorry, what do I do now? Oh, yeah, well, well, I went from that. Oh, so I was at a big firm, Kirkland and Ellis. I think people have heard of that one. Um, uh, a little bit. Three, <laughs> yeah, so I was there for, 
I was there for three and a half years, but, you know, and I probably would have stayed because I really liked the work, but the hours, I mean, I was billing 3,000 hours a year. Um, and, you know, I would like, I'm, I can say now that I'm still happily married to the same man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I see why people get divorced, right? You're never home. And then I think my son was 10 around that time. And he was like, mom, um, you know, you know, you're never around. Um, you love your Blackberry more. He would introduce himself. Hi, I'm a Blackberry orphan. My, you know, <laughs> like, you know. And so I went to another firm, which, you know, I thought would be better, right? And that was actually um, around the time when the first recession in the legal world hit. And it was a smaller firm. It was actually a spinoff of Kirkland. It was called Wildman Harrell. It was a really well-known Chicago firm. And I went there and not long after I was there within six months, I liked it. It had, you know, a lot of a mix of very diverse attorneys. Um, and then within six months, they were all gone. And the reason they were all gone is because the cover was, oh, but you don't have the hours, you don't have the work, right? Well, you can't yeah. justify keeping you. Now, I, I was a bankruptcy lawyer, so in recessions, I'm busy, right? <laughs> but um but to I mean I always had um work and then I try to get my own work too because that was you know when you realize like the only way you're going to make it if anyone's going to I mean to make it a law firm is you have to have your own book right yes but then my law firm imploded I wanted to do something else and the last year of my law firm um we had merged and that's really what what was the kiss of death it was a very bad merger but I had a really cool experience um and that they wanted to open up an office in Istanbul Turkey and I was like well um and and there was no one to do it I'm like I'll do it so I started moving more to the business administrative side of a firm right doing some of their business development and marketing and I'd opened up that office and I went down clients here to uh, wanted to do work overseas. And so, you know, I kind of built like this, <laughs> this little, how do you help small companies export program, right? Smart. And then when the firm imploded, when the firm imploded, um, my friend was like, you know, you never like being a lawyer anyways. Why don't you go over to this, um, the public private arm of um, the city of Chicago. And so it was called World Business Chicago. Um, it, it was formed, the, the chairman of World Business is always the mayor of the city of Chicago. That's what the sentence bylaws. And um, and so Rahm Emanuel, you know, when he took over as chairman, he used it as an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of work with the business community, involve the business community. He had a 10-part plan, like how to um, grow the city, grow the economy. And, you know, it was like a scaled-down version of Obama's, but... You know, it was, um, you know, increased manufacturing, increased exports. So I came in to build that program. And I thought I was going to be there, you know, not very long. And I ended up being there five and a half years because I became their general counsel. Nice. Nice. And so, I remember all of that. I, I follow politics, as you know, a little. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So we had some amazing programs built and, you know, working with the city and, and everyone's like, what do you do there? I'm like, uh, a little bit of everything, right? 
you know, I, you know, as general counsel, I, and again, I ended up being their general counsel because we had all these different programs. Like we opened up all, all these incubators. Um, you know, we, it's it just, it, again, we brought all these businesses to Chicago. We um, invested in um, programs that, um, you know, that help workforce build different partnerships to, you know, increase, um, just you said it, like you said, it's all relationships, it's all the connections, it's all finding, you know, people to put together and build and again, all things I just love doing, right? And so it was a really great fit until, you know, we have a new mayor, she um, you know, and they always want their own people, right? <laughs> so yeah. it was time to That's look for a job and, and, and it was fine. I mean, I was already I actually to be truthful, I had been looking for like for a couple of years, but but I never could figure out what it was I wanted to do, right? And this is what it gets kind of interesting, um, because it was well, and if and because you know I couldn't be very like succinct, I couldn't like you know have objectives. I, I mean, my main objective was I really want to work for a really large name or a big company or you know big name with a lot of money behind it and do really good things, right? That's a freaking unicorn, right? They're like, okay, that doesn't exist. You need to, <laughs> you know, you need to figure it out. And so, and, and, but like I said, I enjoyed my job. It changed. I, you know, did all, you know, whatever I could do, but it was still time to go. And so I ended at the beginning of this year. Um, and then I was trying to, I was probably going to, I was going to go back to a law firm. I had actually been interviewing with a couple law firms. Um, doing more government relations, lobbying, the things I thought I would have <laughs> to law school to do only, you know, 20 plus years later. And um, and then COVID hit. And then I was like, oh, okay. So that could have stopped. But I really wasn't worried because, again, all the bankruptcies work, the filings. I was like, well, I can always go back and be a bankruptcy lawyer. And then the diversity piece, which is how you and I connected, was going back to my days of being like the only Asian at LSU, being one of the few Asian attorneys at, in New Orleans, there are more now. Um, I remember like right before Katrina hit, Mike Rubin, I, I'm sure you know who he is. Um, he was one of my professors um, and he was like, I need you to write an article for the Louisiana Bar Journal, like, what is it like to be an Asian American? I'm like, me and Harry Lee? Yeah, pretty much. So I even went to <laughs> interview Harry Lee. Or, because we were literally, if anybody asked who, um, for an Asian attorney to speak, they would ask him or me, right? Um, like Tulane, Loyola, uh, we're having our diversity new student reception. Could you please come and speak to them? I didn't go to school there. They're like, it doesn't matter. You're the only Asian attorney we know. <laughs> So, you know, I started writing articles for different bar journals, started talking about that. And then, you know, when I talked to you earlier, when I mentioned earlier about like all my involvement in Georgetown, again, that became, you know, a, a diversity is a good committee to lead. And I worked with um, different programs there. And so to me, again, and even my last job, when I worked with a lot of different law firms, you know, I always, we, we you know, we're trying to build a more inclusive um, uh, city to grow, right? And so I would work with the different law firms and their diversity and inclusion programs. So fast forward, I'm looking for a job. And again, I'm going to give her a shout out. Um, 
So my colleague, Dina, she, um, she's amazing too. And she does like these incredible, she's, like our legal operations um, functions. Um, and we met at a conference, right? We met at a, you know, just a legal operations CLE credit conference. And we, you know, spent the whole day, we ended up talking, we became Facebook friends. <laughs> and, and that was like two, over two years ago. Well, when I saw Abby had this, um, and that's where I am now, um, I lead their legal diversity program. When I saw that they were looking for this, I didn't know what it was because it wasn't quite clear. And so I called her and I said, can you tell me a little bit more about this job? And they're like, well, it's a really great program. It's been a, meaning that two years ago, the general counsel of um, Abby, a woman, was like, you know, we have the power and the spend to, you know, to see if we can make a difference with the legal profession, right? And so we took our 20 top spin firms, you know, like a Kirkland and Ellis or, or um, a Winston and Strawn or, uh, you know, all these big firms, Baker, McKinsey, you name them. But again, they were all companies, like they were on the board that I created when I was over at World Business. Um, so I knew them. And they're like, well, we just, you know, want someone to come over here and make sure, like, we have these programs, people are doing it, kind of intensify diversity here. It's something we ha we are, we want to do, but we we just need someone to do this on a more daily basis, right? And so I was like, okay. But what she said, Dina, my colleague, was like, they're not quite sure what they're looking for, but what they need is they need someone to promote this. They need someone to go out there. They need an influencer. They need you, actually. <laughs> and so I went, and I hadn't interviewed in a really long time. And, it, and of course, this was all virtual by then. So this was, what, March? And um, I was sitting there, my very first interview with two of them, my video com comes out. And I'm just, you know, being me like this, right, talking about whatever. And... And it was fine. And then, you know, I had a second interview, a third interview. And, it, and but now my little team, when I was talking to them, they were like, we just knew the moment you talked and opened your mouth, <laughs> just being you, that you would fit in really well here. Um, because it's an amazing team of women. And we're all like around the same age. And, you know, it's, it's, we're here to help each other, right? We're, we're here to help each other succeed. Because I feel like we get to the level, like, it's like, we don't care anymore. There are no games, right? We want to do great things. And, and I said, even my crazy self all over the place can't, you know, they're like, nope, because you were you. And I said, and that's exactly what I mean, right? Like, in some interviews, apparently, when I'm me, it's too much of me. I think you posted something like that. And so I'm like, well, here's the thing. If you don't like this, if, then you know what? I don't belong there anyway. It's like, you know, if you can't deal with this or if you don't want to be a part of this or you don't want to, be, and, 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 and they said, yep. And we just liked you. And it goes back to, you know, that little law firm I, I still love and keep in touch with. It's, they wanted me for You want to give them a shout out? Uh, well, in New Orleans or, or here? I have a lot of Louisiana people who listen. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Heller Draper, Kate and Patrick and Horn at the time, it's changed names a couple times. And then two of my friends spun off. But, you know, Jan Hayden's amazing. She's like probably one of the most revered um, bankruptcy um, women 
and she's awesome. Doug Draper, Leslie, Greta Brophy, um, Tristan Manthe, my mentor, Bernie um, Barons, who's since passed. Um, he was amazing, too. Um, again, just on and on. I can... <laughs> Well, let me, let me get us back on um, the, the track here, because I want to know more about you um, uh, and you, the woman, not just you at work, but you, the person. So I want to ask okay. you. But, um, okay. Well, I, I just want to, okay. And let's do that because it was really because of the person I am. And, you know, if you follow me, that's why, like, my colleague now was like, no, you're what they need. <laughs> yeah. Because people follow you. People, like if I, you know, like you said, when I post, um, when I was doing the push-up challenge, I got people to do it, right? Um, when I when I make something, I get calls all the time, like right after, or I get messages, can you tell me how to make that? Or can you help, you know, stuff like that, right? Um, you're an influencer. I, <laughs> but you know I I do it I, I think the difference is and it's great I do it because or anything I do I think the reason why people are drawn to it is because I do it because I just want to and I love it right if there's no like pecuniary gain like I'm not making money off of this um I'm just doing it because it's something I love and I want to share it and I think people pick up on that and they know that which is why you know, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I think that you own your story. You are authentic and genuine. You're funny, you're smart, you're courageous, and you're an influencer. So people want to, one, have permission to behave in that way for themselves. And when they see more and more people being authentic, they feel they too can be authentic. And two, they just but like you. I mean, it's fun to oh, watch. You're so but, but that's kind of, but it took a long time to get here, right? Like I turned 51 next month. <laughs> it wasn't always like that. <laughs> well, I understand that for sure. Especially growing up in the South, you kind of, you know, get in line, right? And I understand. Right, right. you couldn't be smart. Like, like the guys didn't like you if you were smart, you know, so right. you had to be pretty and dumb. You had to be pretty and dumb. And I just, well, not you know, I don't need <laughs> Y'all don't call me. <laughs> Not that everybody, but you understand what she's saying. I mean, you got to, it's a lot of group think. It's a lot of, you know, if you want to be in a sorority, you got to act this way. Or if you look, I, yeah. was a Greek, I was a Greek counselor. So I counseled a lot of girls who didn't fit in. There was no concept of belonging and being curious about the other. It was all we have to look and act alike in order to, um, you know, fall in line, ladies. You know, right, right. So, Exactly. I'm just not that way. I'm like you are. I'm the bird on the wire that hangs in a different direction, right? So exactly, exactly. I love but that. What, but what's crazy about it is that, you know, it's when I people and I didn't realize this, right? That people like me because of the way I am, not because of what I'm supposed to be. What I think. I love I'm that. To be, right? That's exactly right. And, and, and that's when I've always done very well, right? So like when I first start, you know, at a new job or something, I'm like doing whatever they think, what, you know, I do what I think they want, right? And, you know, and it's fine, but the brilliance doesn't come out when it's like, you know what, I'm going to do this my way. And that's why I did well, you know, in my 
you know, at World Business for five and a half years because I was given free reign to just do things my way. <laughs> and, 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 and I think and, people need to um, understand that you're, the beauty of a creative genius like you are, and I think I am, is oh. that you need to let us go. Let us do it. Yes. Our, if, you know, just trust, right? right? Just trust and hang exactly. on, buckle up for the ride. You got it. And, and it's more of, I do my best when I am told, go put this legal advisory board together. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like what it. Steve Jobs said, don't hire smart people and then tell them what to do. Let them do their job. Exactly. Right. Well, yeah. we're coming way, we're a little over time. So I want to ask oh, you one. No, I could talk to you for months. I mean, we totally are. I, I think we're the same woman. Um, so I want to ask you what I call the wild card question. Are you game? Okay. Sure. So actually, because I know and love you so much, I'm going to give you a choice of two questions. One is, okay. one is a, a quote from a movie you love. What's a quote from a movie you love? Oh. I don't know. Okay. Um, when you're asked if you're a God, you always say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. And the other Great. question is what are three, what are three key things you really need to be happy in life? To be happy in life. Um, well, one, I, I have, I'm loved, right? Yeah. I know I'm loved. You are. I love I, you. I have, I love you too. I have an incredible, like I said, husband, I've been with him for over 31 years now. We've been together since the day we met 31 years ago. I love that. Um, I have a beautiful son and, um, and, you know, as you know, you have a son, they, they're trying, but you know, he, he'll always say, he says, mom, you're the best. Even though I don't talk to you, I don't want you to talk to me. You're still the best. <laughs> I agree. Okay. That's the same thing my kid says. He's like, you right. know, you don't have to write me every day. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, or, or he'll be like, you know, I love having you around. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. you're here. Right. Exactly. Okay. So Definitely I don't give him a hug or a kiss in public. Not at 19. No, 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 no. But I think one, one is definitely being loved. Two, I think um, being, what is, I don't know if, if this is even a right way to say it, but resilient, right? Yeah, and, and there, resilient. The reason, being resilient. And, and I say that because, um, I mean, you know, I've moved to different cities. I've, um, you know, I, I honestly had to start my life over again when I moved to the city of Chicago, right? Had I stayed in New Orleans, I'd probably be a judge or, or I really wanted to be on the Sugar Bowl committee. But, <laughs> but you know, fine. I was already, I was already known. I was a known person in, in Louisiana, right? And so when I came to Chicago, I've been here like over 15 years now. And it only, it took 10 years. And somebody even asked me that, like, I had to start all over again. And it's hard when you do that at what, 36, 37? Yeah. <laughs> when, you know, and so, so I think being resilient, but, but, and I, but it's never giving up, right? Like, okay, um, 
this doesn't work out, okay, find something else, right? Or, you know, this job didn't work out, okay, then it's time to go. And and I think if you can look at that and not let things get you down and just say, okay, that's it, it's over. I think that's another way to be happy, right? You just look for different ways to, um, I don't know, just just to continue, right, <laughs> in life or or whatever. Just and, and, and I feel like that was when I realized I'm not going to let people push me down, right? I, because I'm not happy when they do that. I'm not happy when people tell me I can't do something. I'm, I'm not happy when, you know, they're like, you have to look a certain way or do a certain way. And you so know, I have fallen in love with you all over again on this conversation because I've seen, well, first of all, we've lived a similar journey, right? Uh, except for, right. you know, I mean, uh, so many things that you don't even know. I mean, I was listening to you. I'm like, oh my God, I know all those people she's talking about. I know, you know, everybody, the politics, the everybody, everything. Um, but I right. also, I know you on the inside better now too. And these are things we'll talk about off the recording, but um, I, I, I just, you almost bring me to tears. So let me ask you, you make me laugh. You make me cry. I mean, you're just so incredible. You're the real deal. And I'm so blessed Thank and honored you. to have you as a friend. Yeah. Oh, you too. But I, I actually want to say this one thing, which I, I feel like, and this is kind of even with you too. So the, a few things like really resonate with me and I think has made me. So I learned, uh, you know, when, when I tell people I was born in Taiwan, they're like, oh, well, you don't have an accent. I'm like, well, of course, I didn't learn English from my parents. Right? <laughs> I, I actually learned English from Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. And uh -huh. I said, and that's why I have, and that's why I have very nice manners because Mr. Rogers always said, please and thank you. And he always looked to others. He always looked for, you know, the care of others and be thoughtful and be neighborly, right? So those are like, those are traits, literally like, and I mean, you know, when you first come to America, that's what you know. And I feel like I've always behaved that way because of that, right? You are. And the second thing is, the reason like, and I talk about doing things, again, um, applying to Georgetown, applying to college, all of these things, my parents, I mean, they, this is not their world. They didn't know it, right? Not like I did. And so I always had to do things around the house, right? Like, I think I ran my family's affairs because my parents had accents. And when, um, you know, like solicitors or people would call and, um, you know, get on the phone, my parents have an accent, like people would take advantage of them. So I always, I always did that, right? Like, and then when I got better at reading and writing, like even to this day, my dad will be like, oh, I need to send an email. Can you please read this over and make sure it's right? <laughs> and so I was always like handling our family's affairs. Um, and I just, again, no one teaches you how to do it. You just go do it. And I think, you know, all these little things um, kind of, you know, made me who I am, right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and and so, but what I joy. my third so, I, I don't know. So this is a, a podcast. We should have like three or four with you, right? So um, it's normally, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm, I want to give everybody a voice and everything, but I don't want to miss the chance. You have enticed so many people already. 
I don't want to miss the chance to share how they can reach you if they want to reach you and learn more about you or connect with you or follow you on Instagram. Sure. Or Facebook. Yeah, follow me. I, my Insta's open so they can follow me, J-O-Y-L-Y-U-M-O-N, my first three letters of my name. They can follow me there. They can find me on LinkedIn professionally if they want to talk about, um, you know, like life, yeah, moving different careers. Um, I, I, you know, I try to help out whomever reaches out because, you know, people do that for me. Um, but um, you can email me, joylumon at gmail.com. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to find me, actually. <laughs> and, and you'll get some good recipes get some good recipes. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was going to say, and look, folks, once you find her, you never let her go. She is fascinating. She's got amazing drink recipes. She's got food recipes. She's got how to have a hot body recipes. <laughs> You're and so funny about that. No, she's but like, yeah. smart. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but, you know, I appreciate you giving me the time. I, I just, you know, I just want people to know like it's okay to be you, right? And it's okay to be, be the lone person out there. It wasn't, I didn't, I never fit in for the longest time. The law firms, you know, they told me, we don't know what to do with you. Or, or you know, yeah, the big I've heard that kids. before. Yeah. I've and heard actually, that before. I, honestly, I think it's Chicago though. See, I don't feel no, like I it's fit not. In I heard it me. San Francisco. I mean, look, I've heard you're way too positive. What? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why are you smiling all the time? Yeah. Why are you happy all the time? Yeah, they assume that equates to incompetence, which is a false narrative right there, you know. Uh, but I teach this stuff about how, you know, when people view you as friendly, they also associate a label of incompetent, and that's just wrong. So women course correct and they become aggressive and, and assertive, which that's fine too, but then they're called a bitch, right? So correct. Um, there's yeah. no winning. I, I am going to change that system and you're going to help me do Good. it. I'm going to yeah. help you. I'm going to help yeah. you. And that's kind of again why I love my role, right? I can actually change something. I am, oh. am just so in love with this whole conversation. This podcast has been great. We have to cut it off. Um, I'm sad okay. to say we have to cut it off, but I want to um, maybe have you you could co-host a podcast every now and then you're really great you're awesome with storytelling and you're funny and i don't know i i i like me and i think you're a lot like i am <laughs> I, I, I like what i think we were separated at birth right there you go there oh. you, i was not made in taiwan but <laughs> think about it like you know that's who I am. You either get yes. me or you don't. And that's, that's it. That's it. There's no in between, right? You're, you will like it or and you look, don't. Your approval is not necessary, people. I mean, you know, you need to learn that lesson, yes. folks out there. If you're listening, other people's opinions of you is none of your business. Just be your highest and best <laughs> self and live your life. Right. And, and like you, look, look, I'm loyal to the core. Um, and maybe that's, that's another thing, right? And, and the fact, like I said, I met my husband, I've been with him for over 31 years. We knew it. <laughs> um, that's, a, and I meet people all the time that I'm still friends with on trains and planes and automobiles. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you, they, you get me or you don't, right? And, but I'm And here, it's your loss, I, folks, if you don't, it's your loss. So look inside yourself well, and wonder, why am I not curious about people who are different than I am or different like I am, right? So 
Right. Um, I love right, you. Right. I love you, Joy. You bring me joy. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. We'll we'll visit again. We will. We will. Everybody have a great day and thanks for listening in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye.